Well, I have used the laser for the longest time, as you mentioned, uh, a quarter of a century. And it's uh, it's crazy when I think back, you know, sometimes it depresses me, but then I'm also happy that I can boast that. So, um, but I, I'm not exaggerating when I say I use it all the time. I mean, for a quarter of a century, I've used it day in and day out. It's never become idle. Uh, it, it's become a vital component of my daily routine. Welcome to the Advancing Dentistry Podcast. Join us for in-depth discussions from industry-leading dental experts speaking on hot topics in their specialties. Thank you for listening to our BILA's Advancing Dentistry Podcast. This is Dr. Stephen John, your host for this presentation. Thank you for joining us. One of the greatest honors about being the host for the BILA's Advancing Dentistry podcast is coming up with new and exciting subjects of discussion. Laser, laser therapy is such a unique tool in dentistry. It has a place in every specialty. It is also unique in the fact that it uses light energy to achieve its end result. Think about it. What is more natural than light? When we talk about the fields of dentistry, we often think about the restorative dentist, the endodontist, the periodontist, the prosthodontist, the oral surgeon, and the orthodontist. There's another group of dentists out there that's not necessarily a field of dentistry, but more of a philosophy of dentistry. I'm referring to the holistic dentist. To be honest with you, I'm rather naive in this area of dentistry. We are extremely fortunate to have, to doc, to have Dr. Joseph Sarkeesian with us today to talk about holistic dentistry and how laser therapy has helped to maintain his extremely high standard of holistic therapy. Dr. Sarkeesian is a holistic dentist in Southern California. He studied microbiology at the University of Alabama. Dr. Sarkeesian attended dental school at the University of Göttingen, the former West Germany and graduated in 1989. Over the next eight years, he practiced dentistry on the Mediterranean island of Cyprus. During that time, he trained in homeopathy, completely abandoned the use of amalgams, and expanded his knowledge in biological aspects of therapy. In 1998, he moved to Los Angeles and received his license to practice in California. He currently owns a state-of-the-art dental um, biological dental practice in Glendale, California. Dr. Sarkeesian has differentiated himself from the other practices around him to focus on the cutting edge technology and an elevated patient experience focused on holistic health. Dr. Sarkeesian has been using lasers since 1999 with almost a quarter of a century of experience. Dr. Sarkeesian, thank you very, very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I got to tell you, so I, this subject is extremely exciting for me to uh, to speak about, to learn about myself. Um, as I mentioned, I'm very naive about this. I recently had a patient who had gone to four holistic dentists in the area to kind of interview them uh, for what she wanted to end up doing. And I'm learning more and more and more about holistic dentistry. And to be honest with you, it seems like that laser therapy is a kind of an excellent fit in this uh, in this philosophy of, of dentistry. So I'm extremely excited to uh, hear what you have to tell us. And uh, we have quite a number of questions to go through, if you don't mind uh, answering those. Um, and if you don't mind, we, we, let's go ahead and begin. It's going to be a pleasure. So your website pretty much says that your philosophy 
in four, I should should say your philosophy in four words. Can you please please explain to our listeners um, what those four words are in your philosophy and how they have influenced your practice? Well, I mean, the phrase is uh, part of the, um, if you're referring to the, um, you know, do no harm, it's uh, part of the modern Hippocratic oath. Uh, First, do no harm, basically. Well, four words in English or three words in Latin, primum non notere, uh, if, I, if I remember my Latin. <laughs> By the way, we also uh, learned a little Latin uh, in dental school in Germany, and that helps a lot. I mean, it's, it's kind of the basics of really terminology, you know, medical terminology, um, Latin, Greek, everything is either Latin or Greek. So, uh, so with that, let me let me chime in just real quick. It's interesting. Yeah, sure. My daughter, who's twelve, right now is actually taking Latin, and she's actually taking a course right now as we speak. So, you're right. Latin in other languages is very important in dentistry. So, thank you for bringing that us. Oh, it is. It's fun, really. If you can analyze every medical term, uh, you know, throughout your practice, uh, throughout the uh, you know day to day routine, it's fun. I, I also teach my staff that. Um, well, anyway, I, I doubt that this statement has really been quoted from the original. I, you know, uh, it's basically a promise for physicians, uh, any physician really around the world, to abstain from doing harm. Uh, I mean, this very general principle is taken from the Hippocratic corpus. I had to research that. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, basically it, uh, the quote is that the physician must have two special objectives in regard to disease, to do good or to do no harm. And let me just kind of blurt out some Greek there because I love the Greek language. Askein peritanosimata vio ophilein imi vlaptin. Oh my God, I'm like <laughs> having the shivers. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the god of medicine, Asclepius, also must have said it, but uh, that's mythology, of course. Um, well, I mean, coming back to that uh, notion, naturally, in modern therapy, um, you know, and pharmacology, surgery, anything uh, that has to do with medicine, this notion is really uh, very unpractical because every drug has a side effect, you know, and every surgery is invasive, uh, associated with a risk, and even dentistry involves practically cutting out a part of a diseased tooth and replacing it with a prosthetic material. Um, I mean, whether it is a filling, a crown, a denture, I mean, you name it, you know, and uh, in, in Germany, they used to call it Zahnersatzkunde, which means, um, uh, re- you know, replacing part of a tooth, the science of replacing part of a tooth. And uh, I guess it bo- all boils down to, you know, choosing the least harmful option, obje- uh, you know, option. Uh, we have so many filling materials and, you know, materials that are foreign and nothing is really completely holistic because we can't use, uh, you know, organic matter and, you know, plug our teeth. So, but on the other hand, we do have choices. You see, I mean, amalgam was a choice for 150 years uh, back, uh, you know, starting in the middle ages of dentistry uh, or the dark ages let's say i'm glad that's coming to an end uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean this is what basically makes us a practitioner uh, you know a holistic practitioner so going back to simplicity like you said is being holistic it's just going back to the basic ideas of what medicine and dentistry is all about is the whole idea of do no harm i mean what a 
wonderful, simple concept for us to think about, yet it means so much. So with that in mind, um, can you maybe give our listeners who are not necessarily familiar with the basic definition of the holistic dentistry, what the main goals are as a, practic- as a practitioner um, you know, for holistic dentistry, and also what inspired you to, uh, to develop this, to begin this in your private practice? Oh, God, uh, to describe holistic dentistry, I, I was hoping you wouldn't a- ask that question. <laughs> I- I'm just kidding, just kidding. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, many people ask me this question, and it's really challenging to explain. Uh, you know, let me put it this way. In a nutshell, uh, any practitioner who takes into account the patient, you know, the well-being of the patient, and uses modalities which provide the best outcome with the least invasiveness and the least harm, in my opinion, is holistic. So, I mean, as far as these holistic modalities are concerned, I mean, there's no end to it. There's so much out there. And, um, you know, each has their own philosophy, including, you know, homeopathy, naturopathy, herbal medicine, Chinese medicine, uh, acupuncture, bioresonance. I mean, you can go on and on, but they they all have the same principle in mind, uh, you know, to use uh, the the least invasive method and to get as close to nature as you can. And and thus, they all have their merits. Now, now the outcome is the same. You know, you, you, you you do not do harm and you try to help your patient. So if you ask me what my main goals are as a practitioner, um, you know, I also have to remind you that, you know, there's lots of ways to make money, but it's not only about the business, but it is also business. You know, we have to find a balance and, uh, but it's not at the expense of damaging your patients. You know, uh, you, you try to run your business, but you also are uh, a physician and, uh, of course, we are physicians for teeth, and teeth are so essential to people. I mean, they are the core of our survival. Uh, I remember uh, there was a documentary about a cheetah, you know, like uh, trying to catch their prey. And then I heard that if a cheetah gets kicked in their jaw and they break their jaw or their tooth, that's a death sentence for them. I mean, they'll die. So, um you know, when, when my patients come to me in trust, I have to give them the best solution in my power because teeth just are the core of our existence, you know, and, you know, they bring their children, um, they surrender themselves, they open their mouth in full trust, and they expect us to heal them. So I have to be there for them and always imagine how I would feel if I were the patient, you know, just reverse the roles. And I think the best physician really should do that now and then reverse the roles. If you were in the chair, how would you feel? And what would you expect? So our oath dictates that we cause no harm, right? And if there are holistic or non-invasive solutions or means available, then I'm all for it, you know? Uh, Well, sometimes I also get the question, how are you different than a regular dentist? 
well, people expect to hear we belong to a spiritual cult or something. <laughs> you know, we are like we are shamans or faith healers. And, and a lot of um, establishments uh, ridicule the word holistic. Um, of course, I sometimes call myself biological, but it's kind of all the same, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, the same umbrella. Um, and we don't ignore standards of care. You know, on the contrary, I believe every practitioner has to have holistic principles. Every one of us, you know, they have to be more thoroughly involved in the science of dentistry. They have to integrate knowledge from multiple disciplines. Uh, but objectively, you know, uh, we can't fall for established dogma that serve larger establishments and their, you know, interests. Um, a holistic dentist in this day and age has to be someone who has an open mind, listens to patients, has advanced skills, is honest, is technologically advanced, and embraces modalities that allow him to use a, uh, how do you call it, a minimally invasive approach. I have noticed that laser dentists in particular fit this category in, few, in view of the fact that, you know, they have chosen the laser and uh, their whole philosophy naturally gravitates to minimally invasive and quality de driven dentistry. So it's interesting because I've had a, a number of people, I'm, I'm definitely a, a laser periodontist. And I have had people, and again, I, I firmly believe exactly what you said. You've got to listen to the patient. You got to spend the time with the patient. You have to get to know the patient extremely well. And as you mentioned, minimally invasive. Matter of fact, my website says um, that I'm, you know, I do minimally invasive dentistry. And I think that that is actually an appeal for patients these days to look into that. So I think that based upon the Hippocratic Oath of the, you know, um, do no harm, and as you're saying, uh, minimally invasive, I think that in itself kind of explains, you know, about kind of a holistic dentist. I think that that in reality is a lot of the dentists out there with great intentions are holistic in nature. And again, as you said, it's not a field, it's more of a philosophy. In dentistry, how do you see dentistry as part of the gateway to the whole body, mind approach, or vice versa, the bo whole body with the oral cavity? Uh, yes, uh, we, we referred a little bit to that before, uh, but it, that's an important uh, issue, really. Uh, mind and body, it's, you know, the ancient Greeks believed in, uh, you know, sound mind and sound body, absolutely. Uh, and the teeth are the ultimate centerpiece of our uh, health, of our body, uh, and, and of our mind, because, uh, I mean, they're the centerpiece of our facial expressions, right? Our emotions, our joy, uh, anger, beauty. I mean, it's like social media. It's like you can see it in uh, everywhere in pictures and people smiling and posters. But, but it's beyond that. I've noticed that people who are missing a lot of teeth are actually either more depressed, they're more anxious. And um, don't forget that uh, teeth have connections to different parts of the body. Western Price, that's who I wanted to mention, Dr. Weston Price, about a century ago, he discovered that the size of the jaw and the diet that we ate and our general health, they were so closely interrelated. And as soon as we started eating 
Western processed foods and diets, and the, even the size of the jaws started shrinking. It's like our epigenetics changed, and not the gen genetics, but epigenetics. The, how the gene expresses itself changed completely and, and throughout generations. So the, that's critical to our healthy development, not only healthy teeth, but healthy jaws. In, in your approach to dentistry, I've noticed you, you encompass a lot of different technologies um, for your patients. Um, and again, based upon your website, you have certain types of procedures that are really, um, I guess, say important to maintain your philosophy. Uh, would you mind kind of going over those, uh, those technologies that you have implemented in your practice? For optimum patient care, um, I know that laser therapy is actually uh, uh, one of the one main ones that you do. We'll uh, we'll segue into that as we go into what you currently use, because um, I'm sure that uh, you realize that uh, the, a lot of uh, the, the our, our listeners are mostly uh, laser uh, interested. So let's go over a few of the uh, procedures you do in prior practice, and then if you don't mind, kind of go more into the idea of how laser therapy has really influenced or changed your overall. Um, uh, practice makeup? Well, I have used the laser for the longest time, as you mentioned, uh, a quarter of a century. And it's, uh, it's crazy when I think back, you know, sometimes it depresses me, but then I'm also happy that I can boast that. So, um, but I, I'm not exaggerating when I say I use it all the time. I mean, for a quarter of a century, I've used it day in and day out. It's never become idle. Uh, it, it's become a vital component of my daily routine. Um, let me remind our listeners about something. First of all, and technology in itself does not make a good dentist. You know, you have to be quality oriented. And, and um, of course, you have to know your technology, uh, which is sometimes challenging, really. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, serving the patient is the first thing in your mind, you know. Uh, so, I mean, it just allows us to do certain procedures better and faster and efficiently uh, and less traumatically. I mean, I definitely would prefer someone, uh, you know, using a laser to cut my gums rather than a knife, you know. <laughs> but yeah, on the other me. hand, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing when you look how the laser works and has an effect on tissue. It's it's just wonderful, you know. And even my staff to this day, they just kind of their jaw drops open and they just kind of comment about it, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you have to get the workflow down and, you know, practice it. So, so you have the correct settings and, and get the full benefits, you know, and the full potential of, of the laser. Totally agree. Matter of fact, like I said, it is seriously my, my most important tool in my, in my practice. So tell you what, do me a favor. Let's kind of go through maybe a typical day in your office. Um, procedures that you would do, how you, I guess to say, utilize the laser and different types of therapies um, and kind of walk us through your day, in, not only in addition to laser therapy, but other other technologies that you've incorporated in your in your practice and how you feel that it is is made this better quality dentistry for your patients. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, let me let me uh, bring one example. Uh, a patient walks in, uh, they have uh, a large amalgam filling or a couple of them, and they have to replace them, right? And amalgam fillings, usually, as we all know, they're um, everything around them falls apart except the amalgam, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, uh, but but on our you know on our side, we have to take ex extreme precautions in taking out the mercury filling, so um, both patient and uh, staff are protected. 
So, but my my main uh, objective in these broken down teeth is to make a porcelain onlay same day um, with a biocompatible material. So we first remove the amalgam uh, using mercury safe precautions. Um, and then I have to use a water lace to remove decay close to the pulp because these teeth have so much recurrent decay that it's it's crazy. Sometimes uh, you, you feel like you want to have a heart, uh, you know, not a heart attack, a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what would you do or what would dentists who don't own the laser do in this situation where the decay goes way deep under the gum line and you and you, you're not what are you going to use? Like an electrosurge, cook the tissue, oh. uh, cook the remaining nerve, whatever's left. So, but then you have to finish the procedure. You have to be able to scan it. You have, you, you need good visibility. Plus you have to avoid a root canal. So the laser is just, that's where it comes in. It, I, I just work the rest of the way with the laser and then scan and um, make the onlay on the same, uh, on the same day. Um, so um, any other, let me see. At the same time, um, I'm. Um... So real quick, you mentioned the idea of the amalgam. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I, fi I find it funny because they state the fact that, oh, you can't remove an amalgam with a laser. And half the time with the standard way of removing amalgams, you take your, your drill and you just drill it out. You got stuff everywhere. We got amalgam all the place. You have the metal in the tissues. I hate that. That good old-fashioned magnum tattoo. And I also know that with utilizing laser, there's a technique that can be utilized for removing the magnum that, that, again, you don't get that um, type of thing. Can, can you walk us through that a little bit? Maybe explain to the listeners how, you know, removal of the amalgam can be relatively atraumatic about getting the, uh, the, the, um, the magnum slurry out there just by utilizing laser. Well, on one hand, yeah, it would it would really be nice if we use the laser for everything. Um, but uh, if you're creating an onlay, uh, you you definitely would use the laser around uh, in the in the periphery of the uh, tooth, not directly pointing at the amalgam, because um, well, not only would it re you know uh, generate more mercury vapor, but it would actually uh, damage our uh, our tips you know, the laser tips. So we have to be careful with that. Uh, I use an electric drill just to kind of section the amalgam, uh, you know, which is, of course, uh, under rubber dam protection and uh, just remove it in chunks so I don't have to drill the whole thing out and create all that dust. And, um, well, the, the second phase would be then, of course, as I said, using the water lace to remove, uh, you could use water lace to remove corrosion and decay, uh, even just kind of shape the tooth um, to a point where you can then, you know, take your um, next steps. Uh, one important thing, as I mentioned before, is the gums. I mean, the gums are always bleeding. And because of the mercury sensitivity, there's always gingivitis and just a spongy gum tissue that you can't really remove unless you're using the laser. And the good thing about the laser is it also provides... Uh, hemostasis or uh, you know it, it uh, stops the ble bleeding so that you can work and you can do your bonding procedures and all with uh, non-invasive methods and let me tell you another thing I, I actually do bony crown lengthenings with the laser on the same day if, if there's too much um, 
you know, decay right next to the gum line and you have to go deeper and deeper, you have to remove some bone. So make some changes to your settings and peel off some bone, peel off some gum and make your uh, onlay the same day. And your onlay will just kind of be perfectly seated and the gums will just heal around it. Uh, that's one of the greatest things you could do really. Wow. So it's almost as if you just, you're taking multiple steps on procedures and utilize just the one uh, that will lead you to do pretty much most all the work, all the treatment. You don't have necessarily a lot of tools that you're working with, just the laser. Well, uh, the laser, the water laser in particular, it has so many applications. It's like, uh, you know, hard and soft tissue and uh, even, even the biostimulation, you know, um, you can't even desensitize a tooth uh, by just kind of using very low power, just sweeping over the tooth and the gums. And so that the whole area just gets desensitized. And it also heals faster because now you're, you're giving it, uh, you know, biostimulation uh, effect. Um, so, so you see a lot of children in your practice. And um, I know that that use utilization of the uh, water lays is um, kind of a, um, an important part of your uh, treating children. Can you kind of walk over with us and uh, the procedures you utilize for the children and, and how they view the laser in your practice? You know, the best uh, child patient is uh, a, a child who has never been to a dentist <laughs> because they don't have that package of fear, you know, coming with them. But even if they do, you know, it's, it's like a it's like a ceremony, you know, they come in and we try the laser on their fingers or our fingers first. Some kids are so scared, they don't even want to try them on their fingers. So I have to use my staff for, for that purpose. And then they just kind of, I take my time with kids. And uh, I think the water laser is the best tool to kind of incorporate with kids or even with, uh, you know, very scared adults because adults are really uh, children <laughs> who or <laughs> they, they regress into into their childhood uh, fears when they come into a dentist. So, yeah, um, but, but you know, with, with children, you know, their teeth, the primary teeth have softer enamel, so it's a lot easier to just kind of use the laser from beginning to end and just kind of clean up everything. And uh, you still have to take your time. It's you can't really promise them it's going to be faster, but it's a lot, lot gentler. And, you know, there have been instances where I have worked on a primary tooth and I've just kind of hit the nerve and the child still is okay with it, you know, even if they're not uh, anesthetized. I still anesthetize them depending on, you know, how much they feel. But that has happened where I have really touched the pulp and I have, but they have tolerated it. Uh, and another thing, let's say you touch the pulp, right? If you touch the pulp with a drill, it's like a sledgehammer, right? You're like pushing debris and uh, millions of bacteria into the pulp chamber. Whereas with the laser, no problem. You know, you just kind of cap the area and uh, it'll ha have a much high, higher chances of survival than if you were touching the pulp with a drill. Uh, coming back to the shot issue. So a no-shot procedure is actually misleading. You know, you cannot really... Uh, lie to them because they will feel something and a lot of times they feel a lot more but generally they they can tolerate the, uh, the laser procedure better so um, it is you know it is very fulfilling if you actually do not require a shot 
right? I mean, yeah, it's faster if you give them a shot, but then depending on the child, uh, the laser is, I think, the, the best uh, technology you could use for children in order to boost their self-esteem, right? I mean, any child who has completed a procedure without anesthesia, even if they felt some pain, some discomfort, will walk out of the opera tree proud and elated. And that happens to me all the time. Even if it's been tough, they're just like smiling and they have this sense of accomplishment. And then I tell them, yeah, just go tell your peers that you did it without a shot. And they're so happy about it. They love to brag that, don't they? They love to brag the fact that I, when their friends say, oh, I hate to go to the dentist because I don't have a problem going to the dentist. I actually enjoy going and I don't get shots. So you're absolutely right about yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so so let's go on to the, to the next area. So I'd like the fact that, that, that regarding children um, is that um, – I think that this is a great fit. Matter of fact, actually, we've had a number of different podcasts with uh, the pediatric dentists um, uh, kind of saying the, the advantages of them uh, for, for you as children. And I think that the first exposure for children is uh, is very, very, very important um, with that. And I, I like the I like your idea and your philosophy is on that. Thank you. Um, I also saw on your uh, your website that um, you use zirconium implants. And in dentistry these days, well, most of the doctors are still using the titanium. And so that um, the zirconium is kind of a, I'm going to say it's not a new idea and concept, but it's a more, it's growing um, uh, more. Um, there's more and more doctors are placing them. Um, and you're quite knowledgeable about zirconium. I wouldn't mind if you share with us uh, your view about titanium and zirconium implants, but more importantly, is your experience in utilizing the water laser on the zirconium implants, particularly in various stages of uh, peri-implantitis? Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, I actually teach on the subject. I think my uh, it's it's somehow a, a trademark that uh, you know um, that I kind of combine these two technologies, and I can achieve so much more. Um, in a combination of uh, zirconia implants and lasers. Um, and uh, I have beautiful pictures and I always show them slides that are amazing. And you, you can just see the effect that the laser has around these implants. So um, zirconia is a ceramic. It's, it's metal-free. Um, they're very biocompatible. They're so biocompatible that the gum will actually grow on it. You know, I mean, that never happens with titanium. On the contrary, you know, the gums are always inflamed or red or raw around a titanium implant. Um, but I, I'm, uh, so these are Swiss um, products and they are uh, made of zirconium dioxide, which is short, you know, zirconia is the short term for that. And they are... Uh, the one thing I like about them is that a lot of the uh, ones that I, I really love to place are the tissue level ones. So, but it's not really fully tissue level. I mean, it's like either a little below or a little above. Sometimes the tissue grows over it. Um, and then you have to remove that tissue so that you can put the abutment in and uh, restore it. And so again, comes my golden triangle. Uh, I use the laser to expose the margins. I put the abutment in, scan it with my CEREC, 
voila, same day, everything is done and finished. I don't have to order something from the lab, uh, put in uh, invasive abutments that just kind of go down to bone level and create this uh, perpetual inflammation. So this is really like the, the golden triangle or the best marriage you can, you can give uh, to, to a patient with your technology, you know? Yeah, and as you're saying, I think that more and more people are starting to realize that zirconium is actually, like you said, kind of the way to go. Now, um, we've had a number of different podcasts on the titanium and perlampatitis. Have you had a lot of exposure, much exposure of utilizing the water laser on the um, the um, zirconium implants and the biocompatibility of that and or in treating periimplantitis cases, um, which has been your experience? Well, fortunately, uh, most of my patients don't want any titanium implants, but I still get a lot of patients who have had them from, um, you know, a long time ago. And uh, there are reports that uh, claim that, you know, between I don't know, 30 to 80% of them, depending on how many years have elapsed, um, suffer from perimplantitis. And there's nothing you can do about it, except you, you can just uh, maybe uh, try your laser, and, which has the best outcome. Um, there are studies that show that they're even resistant to treatment. I mean, perimplantitis does not really um, respond to any kind of treatment, maybe just uh, transiently. But um, the, I think the, the most um, <clears throat> non-invasive method and the most efficient method is to use the water lays. They have excellent tips. These like side firing tips, they're amazing. You know, I, I just, um, and I've done so many cases um, of titanium perimplantitis, uh, even though I don't like seeing titanium, but, uh, you know, it's not that we're going to yank out all these titaniums from, from uh, you know, <laughs> the bone of uh, our patients, but uh, you kind of have to give them some kind of therapy and uh, the water laser is the best uh, and most predictable treatment that you can give. Um, so uh, again, atraumatically, I mean, you know, I have had one case, I, I have to talk about this. Um, we, I did a zirconia implant, uh, an immediate implant on someone and I grafted around it and uh, it, but it started uh, to get this uh, these deep pockets where the graft hadn't taken, so there was some pus coming out, and there were a lot of threads, um, you know, exposed. So I've, I finally laid a flap. I took my water lays, and I just started zapping away all the soft tissue, uh, including the threads and everything. It, I completely cleaned it out. I irrigated and I just stitched it up. This was about five years ago, and and this is a woman who's about 80 now. And the implant is so well, uh, you know, in integrated, absolutely no, no uh, gingivitis. The pockets are between one and two millimeters. And it's crazy. And even I had to kind of take, you know, follow-up pictures and x-rays on this. This was amazing. So, yeah, this is... Um, you have to do it to uh, realize how, how nice the effect is and, and how biological the effect is that using a laser, you know, pulses of light energy that target water, you know, and do not damage any other tissue. 
what, what a positive effect it has on healing. So you haven't seen any sort of adverse effect of utilizing the, uh, the water lays on the, uh, on the zirconium surface then? Oh, much less than titanium. With titanium, you have to be a little careful. You have to just kind of, you can't go high power. Uh, you, use, uh, you use the side firing tips and just uh, keep going round and round. And a lot of these uh, perimplantitis cases, if they're not too uh, deep and too advanced, then they will respond. I mean, it's, uh, you will get some bone uh, growth, especially if you have these vertical bone pockets. But uh, I think it's the best way to treat uh, titanium and zirconia. Uh, with zirconia, you don't have. It's zirconia is the best insulator. They even use it in uh, you know nuclear reactors. So it, you still don't point any laser directly again at it, and you, you still have to keep moving and uh, following your general you know laser principles. With titanium, you have to be a little more careful because you're releasing some titanium particles, and and you may affect the surface where you will get more corrosion in the end. So you have to be careful with titanium, but I still believe it's the best uh, way to treat perimplantitis across the board. And I completely agree. And I'll be honest with you, I'm actually looking very forward to seeing the research as it comes out regarding zirconium. Uh, not only the fact of it, of it as being an implant comparable to the titanium, but also um, in the idea of periimplantitis, it's recovery or ability to recover from, uh, from various stages of periimplantitis also. So more uh, future research to come on, uh, on that aspect of things. So um, as we kind of come to the end of our podcast, I have a few questions for you. Uh, one is, um, what do you think about incorporating um, water leaves in a, in a dental practice? And it's kind of logistics, is, um, is it easy to incorporate it? And how about the return on investment? Would you do you feel that that it adding uh, water lays to your practice has given a return of on your investment? Hmm. I, I guess I must be stupid if I have kept the water lays for a quarter of a century and still have it, <laughs> and I still got another one uh, like two years ago. Uh, yeah, and I'd get even a third one so that I would have one in each operatory. But yeah. The water lays is, I think, one of the most uh, robust, you know, return of investments. Uh, the ROI on it is amazing. Uh, as long as you apply it and you use it and you, uh, well, on insurance-based offices, uh, it's, it takes a little, you know, creativity in the billing, but that's no problem because in the long run, you are, you know, helping your patients and you are getting more patients. So in that sense, you are really uh, by you know word of mouth. You are getting a lot more clients, and uh, also clients who are also seeking out your services because you're a laser dentist. You know, it's not only uh, the materialistic aspect of oh, how many procedures can I do a day, and how many how much money can I uh, you know make a day. But it's it's beyond that. I think the the I think it's it's uh, the the whole idea of being a laser dentist puts you in a more elite class, you know, and it shows people that you are interested in their well-being and you are using the best technology um, available to treat them. And this is, uh, this is really very encouraging for any dentist. If they become a laser dentist, they, they'll, they're going to see 
how the, the quality of their clientele will change. And it's, no, it's also no mystery, you know, how it is accepted and appreciated by existing patients who, who are generally, I mean, these days we can't, you know, deny that patients are more informed. There's so much internet out there and they, they Google things and they, they're a lot more educated and, and you can't, you can't really underestimate that. And you, you have to respect, respect them and uh, expect that they're going to know a lot more than what patients did uh, a few decades ago. And they are the driving force. I mean, patients will expect something from you and they will also appreciate if you're a laser dentist and, and if you're using the laser for certain procedures that others have no idea about, so, and they will definitely appreciate that. I mean, look, look at the uh, aging population these days, like the baby boomers. Uh, I mean, they are living the future, you know? They are living a future they created with their hard work and they have the highest expectations. You can't, you can't uh, just kind of brush, uh, brush them aside and, and try to stick to your old conventional methods and expect them to be, be excited about it or impressed about it. Uh, you know, if we do, then, then we lose out, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. It's interesting how we've, we've kind of done a kind of a full circle discussion here that starting with the, uh, the idea of holistic and that patients are looking for alternatives in, in dentistry. I think that people, the patients are looking for advanced technology uh, for minimally invasiveness, things of that sort. And as you said, that they're looking for the laser dentists. And I, as you brought up uh, earlier, that the water laser laser um, being an all tissue laser is such an advanced component. And, and after using it for 25 years, obviously it must be working for you. And to be honest with you, it works for me. I've been doing it for at least 10 years. So it has definitely made my practice uh, much more improved as I do. I think I do far better dentistry by doing it. Um, and we do have a more knowledgeable patient pool out there. People are seeking, people are looking into technologies and minimally invasive. And I think that, and I love the idea that the uh, your holistic approach um, kind of embraces all that. Um, so regarding, and you, you kind of already mentioned this, but the future of dentistry, we have, um, we, I always like to use a term that uh, it's a tail that wag the dog, that the patients are demanding uh, certain things from us as dentists. And I think that the idea that they're telling us what they want to have. So regarding the future of dentistry and what you've seen so far, and have you incorporated lasers therapy, water laser therapy in your practice? How do you view the future of dentistry? Where do you think the dentistry is going? Well, well, we said it. You know, laser dentistry is futuristic dentistry. You know, um, let me also tell you one more thing. Uh, since I love Greek mythology and the Greek language and everything, Zeus. You know, one of his <laughs> symbols is the thunderbolt. So what do you think the thunderbolt was? I believe it was a laser beam <laughs> or something, you know? I mean, so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, way back in my undergrad studies uh, in 1981, I was, my first uh, essay was um, titled on lasers in medicine. And it was so intriguing. You know, I was fascinated by the idea that light energy could have such, uh, you know, medical applications and, and, and so now, 40 years later, 
it has come alive, you know, and I've been in it. I'm living the future, and and yet we, we still have s- such a long way to go. You know, there's no end in sight. Um, I mean, let's travel forward in time another 40 years. I mean, laser units will be so much more streamlined and affordable, and uh, it would be definitely expected that, you know, the water lays be an integral part of the future holistic practice. I think it should be. I think every dentist should have a laser and that they are so streamlined and so easy to use and um, and, a, and a little more affordable. But uh, definitely that will be science fiction truly coming alive in medicine and dentistry. It's very interesting that you've been doing this for 25 years, yet I still have discussions with dentists out there who have no clue about lasers and dentistry, what they can do and things of that sort. And it still amazes me that that lasers are still considered to be in the infancy stage, yet you and I both know it's not. The technology is here. It's been around for a long time. We just have to get the information out there and, and to have people realize it. And I do think that to a certain extent, it's going to be the tail that wagged the dog. It's going to be the patient's that are going to see the advantages of laser dentistry. Um, and you've even said it as children, they come in, they have the work done and they're going to be the adults of the future saying, you know, I want to go to a dentist that, that utilizes water lace therapy. And I think they're going to be the driving force for where the future of dentistry is going to be, is going to be. Do you agree? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, I mean, <clears throat> you know, when, when you think uh, when you think back uh, on how you know a dentist would perceive this and how patients perceive this, um, of course you know it has to come from uh, the dentists and um, you know I, I post so much I, I post so many uh, procedures on my Instagram almost every day and uh, you know like even when I'm putting braces on and I just remove a little bit of gum tissue with with absolutely no uh, anesthetic and I post it and and the other day uh, one of my followers said oh if I can do that with a blade in two seconds why would I use a laser you know it's like you know you always get these people and it's, that's what makes us, you know, stand out. And uh, if you're interested for to learn more, then uh, you know, you you just kind of go along with the flow of technology and and uh, you know, use holistic methods, better methods, more efficient methods. And uh, yeah, go ahead, use the blade if you want. Use the electrosurge. You know, <laughs> it's harder. It's hard to tell someone, or show someone, or explain to somebody how taking a tool that can go faster, like you said, a blade, a drill, some of that sort. Yet if you utilize technology, like for instance, the laser, how the post-op, the outcomes, the the patient um, um, view of how the procedure went, the decrease in discomfort, how that completely outweighs your convenience of getting the job done a little bit faster. Sometimes going a little bit slower can give you a far better outcome. It's hard to show anybody that until you've lived it which I should believe you have over at least the uh, last 25 years with your water lays. I have to say that sometimes it, it, we go out there, you know, um, one of my YouTube videos showcases an apicectomy I did. And I just put it in my mind that I'm going to do this with the laser from beginning to end. I laid the flap with the laser. 
I kind of cut off the root tip with the laser and I just did the retrofill and everything with the laser. And it was so amazing, you know, and they heal a lot faster. I mean, it's how, how can technology uh, be such as so effective without even touching tissue? It's crazy. It's, it is a future dentistry, you know, in, in a sense. It is so true. Honestly, it's so true. And you actually brought up a very good point about the idea of going into our um, our resources, going to Instagram, going into YouTube. The the videos the, the are out there. Um, and for anybody who's interested in seeing what does it look like, how's it go, it's out there. You can go ahead and see it. Dr. Sarkeesian, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this really, really, really has been extremely informative. You've given me a lot of kind of a, a more better understanding of your practice and how it has improved or how laser therapy has improved or how it's affected your practice. So again, thank you for, for joining us today. And thank you so much for taking your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It, it was fun talking to you. Thank you so much. And you too. Thank you. So for those of you who are interested in courses on laser therapy, BioLase has an excellent resource of seminars and classroom trainings. You can find them by going to education.biolase.com or www.biolase.com. Click the pull down on the education tab and click the Waterlays Academy. Thank you, everyone, for uh, for joining us today for our Advancing Biolays podcast. If you have any great subjects you'd like us to uh, to maybe present in the future, please feel free to let us know. Um, and I'm sure you'll be looking forward to all of our, uh, our future podcasts, which will be very beneficial. Until then, cheers, everyone. dentistry podcast opinions expressed are those of individual doctors and do not necessarily represent biolase please refer to your individual state governing bodies for laws pertaining to laser usage to learn more about water lace all tissue and epic diode laser technology visit biolace.com forward slash podcast is holistic dentistry is a philosophy and i love the idea of what your philosophy i love how you're looking at the idea of, of what are we going to provide our patients, give them the best result with a minimal amount of trauma, not only by way of physical dentistry, but just by way of what we're doing to the body. So thank you very much for, uh, for sharing that with everybody. Well, you're, you've been an excellent host. Thank you so much. <laughs> you bet. <laughs>